What is going on, everybody, and welcome back to Salty Runback. Here to be your weekly intake of everything North American Developmental League of Legends. A bit of a late episode. We apologize for the delay. I'm on vacation right now. Hawk just got back from a trip. But there was a lot of stuff that just happened in the NACL playoffs. We only have two teams left as the finals are happening on Wednesday, as we're going to talk all about what just happened, as well as a little bit more involving the qualifiers. Hawk, how are you doing today? Grapes, I'm doing all right. It, it, we're, we're having a bit of that late season scramble trying to figure out how to make everything work, but we're still here. And you know what? As it seems to so often be the case, waiting till later in the week ended up being a bit more of a blessing than a curse as we have a lot more news to talk about, particularly regarding the qualifiers, but just in general. So, I, I mean, hey, like, it, it, it works out. Everyone's still getting their uh, weekly intake of North American League. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be... Uh, more on top of things because we got finals for the qualifiers coming up on Wednesday and grapes. I know we got a good preview that we're planning for that to release less than a week from now. Yeah. So unfortunately with the, the situation and, and how rushed we kind of are to get this episode out, we wanted to keep the streak going, but didn't have a whole lot of time to plan. So there's no part two for this episode. Instead, we got a, another one of those mega headline episodes. We got 10 headlines to talk about because there was a lot of stuff that went down over the last couple of weeks um, or just last week in general, like a week plus or something like that. Uh, but yeah, we do have a big um, finals preview coming. Kind of two part twos in a way. We'll explain that next week as it comes. Maybe a little bit of a way to build up the hype. Um, but we've got that coming your ways. We also have the um, LCS finals that we're going to be at. So make sure to let us know if you're going to be stopping by there. Uh, and I believe, Hawk, this is the eighth new location that I will be filming at here for this episode. So uh, we're, we're crossing out accomplishments as we uh, get into episode 26. It's, it's honestly impressive at this point how many places you managed to be. And hey, still clocking in every single week. So, I mean, yeah, let's let's uh, let's have a good time. All right. Yeah, let's uh, get into the headlines. Our mega headline episode of Salty Runback, starting off with, of course, the NACL playoffs, which only have one more series to go. We had some of the lower bracket matchups, as well as our winner's finals, which went crazy. Um, Hawk, I want to ask you, uh, give you two storylines and ask you to talk about one of them. Which one was the bigger one for you? DSG reverse sweeping fear or Evil Geniuses Challengers winning three series in four days through the lower bracket to make it to the finals on Wednesday? Yeah, so it was maybe, the, this might be the most crazy weekend we've ever had in the NACL just because like so much happened and a lot of good teams went down. And look, I got to say, DSG reverse sweeping fear was fucking hype. That was awesome. Don't get me wrong. However, the bigger storyline is absolutely Evil Geniuses Challengers being the Grim Reaper of top teams so far. They took down the one seed, the two seed, and the four seed in succession. And now they're knocking on the door of DSG in the grand finals. This is an unprecedented run from Evil Geniuses Challengers, a team that, as you so tweeted and reminded the masses... Uh, <laughs> We completely rode off earlier in the season, and now they are here, top two, potential to win the entire split. They look unstoppable. DSG does not look flawless, despite being the ones coming in from the upper bracket. So we are poised for an incredible top uh, grand final showdown. A little over a month ago, where we literally said... Yeah. Yeah, no, we don't believe in Evil Geniuses anymore. That team, I've, 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 I've you know, even though Surdy's coming in, I lo we love Surdy. Like, there's just no way that this changes anything. But it definitely did. EG looks so good. Their series against TL was very, very clean. I mean, you could credit TL uh, maybe underperforming a little bit. But honestly, like, throughout the, the week, it didn't seem like any of the, the top teams that we had, like, really played bad. It's just Evil Geniuses were kind of on another level. And we were hearing rumblings about how teams really didn't want to face off against EGC, even though they were the number seven seed in the playoffs. And we, we definitely found out why. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they've they been deadly. And not only has EG, by the way, been winning these series, they've not been taken to the brink either. They have not been standing uh, on the receiving end of a match point since they played Fear back in the first round. Since then, it's been 2-0, 2-0, 3-1, 3-1. 3-1. not only they've been winning, they've been winning very impressively. They've been winning against a lot of the top teams. This is absolutely the story. This is a team that everyone should have their eyes on. We'll actually talk a little bit more about them in our next headline, but 
I do want to talk just a, a bit about DSG. It was it was great. I got home from dinner and I saw that EG was still uh or sorry DSG was still playing Fear. I got to see that game five and that series was really hype. Uh, I went back and watched the other games because I was I was curious and. I mean, there was a few stomps in there. There was a few bangers. We got a pentakill. Like, DSG, they definitely have that clutch gene to re uh, reverse sweep fear. Last split, we had, like, that all-time series between fear and FlyQuest, where, like, that yeah. was the best series right. of the entire split. I think the upper bracket between fear and DSG was, was probably the best, best series that we're going to get in the NACL playoffs this so summer. So far. <laughs> unless we get, like, a crazy final. Unless which, you know, we get a I'd crazy final. Yeah, you never know. Uh, but... Yeah, and that, that was a really great series. There were, like, gold leads being thrown left and right. As you said, pentakills there. Uh, I think Young and Meech really stepped up yeah. towards the end. And those were the pieces that, uh, towards the beginning of the split, we were really, like, doubting for them uh, as, like, oh, are they really going to, um, you know, actually have that same level of success? Um, and they definitely did. And for Fear, hearts out to them, you know, going getting reverse swept to get sent down to the lower bracket and then losing after I that. Know. definitely. Did not feel great, I'm sure, but third place is an improvement over over fourth, and that's definitely an accomplishment for them. Yeah, it sucks for fear, but I mean, at the end of the day, they they should be proud of what they were able to do. But I mean, DSG, EGC, we are primed for a really good finals, y'all. Which, which, by the way, if you're gonna be in LA next Wednesday, August 9th, you should uh you should go to the land finals at the Riot Games Arena and uh, support the team, support the players, because it's gonna yeah. be really hype. Why can't we go to LA, man? I want to go to LA. I want to go to LA <laughs> too. I we gotta we gotta hey. sit here and work next week. Well, I do. You have your internship next week too, right? So, uh, it sucks. Yep. Yeah. If, if only we could just fly out to LA for a couple of days, hang out, go to the games. Uh, that would be lit. I know, like a ton of people are going out. I know, like Alk and Alk and Kai are going are over there. Really? Like, um, I think some of the Canadians are heading on over to LA for the finals. So the whole squad. Um, oh. It should it should be fun. They should them, they but... should get cardboard Look, just, cutouts of us and hold us up in the photos. <laughs> <laughs> just just for our sake, right. uh, yeah. Make sure if you are in LA to go go hang out at the finals. It should be a really great time. The only time this year that we get to highlight challengers in person, uh, and it should be a really really exciting moment and a really nice cult of, uh, culmination of the year. Even though it did have its ups and downs. Um, before we go on to you know some of the other teams that did get eliminated in the playoffs, let's talk about Evil Geniuses just a little bit more here, Hawk. Because as a as an organization has always been prided on developmental at least over the last couple of years with both Peter Dunn and Kelsey. But you look at the NACL team that just made it up, and four of the five players that um, are in the finals all have played in LCS before. There are all these kind of veterans is armeo and alongside um you know the rest of them in smoothie ryoma and king do you feel like that's a problem or that's a bad thing because you know it's the developmental league and all these kind of old vets kind of made it up no i don't think it's a problem at all uh to, to be really point blank because i i feel like sometimes there's this weird notion where if you've been to the lcs and you didn't do well then your time is done you don't deserve a chance anymore you know and i, I just don't think that's the case at all, especially when a lot of these players have shown really consistent performance at a high level. I mean, Armeo has been in and out of developmental over and over and over again. And every time he goes into the LCS, he looks pretty good. And he's always on the top performing uh, tier two team. So it goes to show that, like, this guy's still really good. Why would you think that, you know, it's a problem that he's still playing if every time he performs, you know, if, if it's a problem, then someone should prove it and be better, if that makes sense. And that's just an example. Ryama and King, two players that have played a little bit in the LCS, mostly in Tier 2, have looked really good. Smoothie is the only one that I look at and I'm like, okay, like, is this really, like, someone that's going to go back to the LCS and perform? Is he even really the, the best support in Tier 2? Not really. However, I still, like, don't think that it's a problem. Does that make sense, Grapes? Like, I, I just, I don't yeah, understand why there's this notion that you have to be young to play in, a, uh, in Challengers. It's kind of an age-old debate, but something, another interesting uh, way to bring bring about it. You know, Smoothie, I think, has been credited for his leadership as well, like, yeah. with this organ with the team, even though, like, there are a lot of veterans on it. And I think the very important thing that we have to uh, acknowledge is that Evil Geniuses 
did have prospects on their uh, Challengers League roster. And the reason that they're not playing in the finals is because they got promoted to LCS. Because Shaden That's is true. now uh, playing a playoff series in the LCS this week instead of Armeo, presumably, unless things change in the next couple of days. So um, I think EG did a very uh, you know, good job throughout this uh, split and kind of holding on to this roster and keeping them together, even though they underperformed at the start of the split. And the dividends are definitely starting to pay off. Honestly, as well, Surti is sort of a prospect in, in, in addition to that. I mean, I know that he's been around for a couple of years, but he hasn't made it to that LCS level. He's still trying to get onto that pathway to pro. And so even though he's like kind of a veteran within challengers, I think they're still trying to develop him. He's improved a lot of his like team play um, throughout the, the playoff and throughout this recent run that he's had with EG. So uh, yeah, I think this is not really an argument. It's just like a kind of an interesting conversation that, that we could bring up in, in the way that, you know, developmental rosters don't always have to be these young rookie solo queue players. They can, um, you know, be, be other uh, iterations yeah. of that as well. And, and here's the thing as well, Graves, like, I think Evil Geniuses has developed their uh, veterans. I mean, they're in many ways developmental pieces just because they've been around a while. They're playing better. They're now in the finals, as you said. And I like the point that you make about Shaden. Yeah, I, I like. I just, I just don't want these players to get discredited because they've played in the LCS before. So what? Like, take baseball, for example, right? Players go in and out of the minor leagues all the time. But that doesn't mean that they like that they shouldn't. You know what I mean? Like it's just part of the natural cycle of things. Sometimes players come up to the majors and they play really well. Sometimes they go down to AAA and they need to you know do whatever they need to do there. And and so, I mean, I know the limited slots makes it a bit more of a hot topic. But all four of these veterans definitely are proving that is they deserve to still play at a high level. I still remember our first episode, Hawk. We had the the tier list of how well we built the rosters. I had Evil Genius's way up there. Yeah, I also predicted we both had them to, fairly to high. Make, I think I predicted them to make the finals of Spring Split against Hundred Thieves. I Neither of those teams that. did well in the Spring Split. Uh, but we're finally getting. I'm getting a little bit of my credit back now that we're, uh, you know, six months down the line, and finally the roster has come together in a way. Yeah. No, it, it really has. I mean, I it's like we said, you know, hey, is Surdy going to actually be the one to turn around the roster? Well, maybe he was. I mean, I don't think he's been the only reason, I'm sure. But, like, they've looked a lot better since he's come in. So, yeah, it just goes to show that, Very like, well. you never really know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Let's move on to our next topic to talk about some of our fallen heroes in the NACL. With only two teams remaining, that means that eight teams have been eliminated. Hawk, which team that is currently out in no position to make the finals should be the happiest about how their season went? Yeah, so Grapes, honestly, dare I say there's only like one, maybe two teams that even fit this bill because I actually think a lot of the teams are going to be unhappy about where they finished just because I think there was quite a few teams that ha had aspirations of winning the split. Namely, FlyQuest Challengers, Team Liquid Challengers, they're not going to be very happy about how this split ended up going. But I think one, the big one for me, Cincinnati Fear. Look, I know we already talked about it. Like they had a tough end going reverse sweep into 3-1 loss in the lower bracket EG to get third. That That is really unfortunate for a team that looked like they might have finally broken through. But at the end of the day, I think Fear should still be incredibly pleased. This team came in fourth and third in the NACL this year as a uh, you know one of our provisional teams last split. Uh, and then coming into this split with roster changes that we thought would be downgrades, and they performed incredibly well against what I would dare say was a higher ceiling amongst the top teams. Our top teams, I think, look better this split than last split. So, I mean, so much credit to Fear for being able to make that happen. And I think they should still be really proud of themselves for what they accomplished. And then Graves, the only other team that I think could fit this is, I know they got 7th, 8th, so it's not that impressive, but Maryville University, being the first collegiate team, coming in and not embarrassing themselves. You know, they came in and they yeah. played some really good League of Legends. They were a competitive team all the way through. Even though they went 0-4 in playoffs, they had some good looks. And so, yeah, it, it was a tough end all the way back when. But I think Maryville can be proud of what they did. And for Maryville specifically, like, they kind of, even though, like, eighth place isn't, isn't the best place to end up, when you think about it, they were 
the team that promoted into the league and they finished ahead, they were the first seed of the teams that promoted into the league and they finished above the other two rosters it's that true. promoted yeah. in alongside them. That's a great point. You can't really count this guys, but like TFT and Supernova were the ones that actually have to go back to promotion and, and Super and Maryville held their ground in that space, which means that they have proven that they deserve to be here at this level, which I think is a very cool thing to see out of a collegiate program. In terms of placings, I think you're right that fear is probably the team that's happiest with like how their performances went overall. But I do think that the LCS affiliates and, and, and TL and FlyQuest should overall be happy with how the year as a whole went for them, right? Yeah, because that's a good point. you were point. able to give a space for APA and Harry to, you know, be at positions where they would thrive the best um, and, and honestly create some very high level LCS caliber level, I dare say, uh, talent that you could add to your rosters for next year. And so um, I would be very surprised if at least one of these players is not in the LCS for next year, whether that is Harry or Masu or whoever. Um, and I think those teams should be happy with how things went because, you know, they were the ones that stuck around. And I think that both of these teams found a big benefit for, you know, keeping their challengers rosters in place. That's actually a really great point. So I am glad that you brought that up because yeah, in terms of placing, I think they're definitely gonna be disappointed, but you're right. Like success is not only defined by placement, especially in tier two TL. I mean, I feel like TL in many ways, other than winning the split had like the perfect tier two season, if that makes sense, where they were able to promote a player and still be really successful in both uh, challengers and in the LCS. And then also FlyQuest, it's not out yet. But uh, two, you know, second and third place have been announced for MVP. Masu's probably going to be MVP. Um, just you know, gut feeling from me. Oh, who would have known? Yeah, yeah. who would have thought? Who would think? So I mean, like they brought a player that both you and I at the very beginning of the split weren't sure what to expect from, and were very surprised to see playing on an LCS affiliated challengers roster. Clearly, that was the move. Um, so you're right. I think they can still be very happy about their season, and I like that you give them that credit. Despite placing-wise, yeah, maybe it wasn't what they ended up hoping for uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I'm trying to shout, think of other teams that we could potentially shout out. I think AOE kind of were around. Like, you know, they're, they're, I think they're okay with where they ended up, but maybe not the happiest. And, and yeah, other than that, I'm not really, I think those are the teams that are probably the happiest about how their season went. And hopefully, as we're saying, some of these players do get promoted and kind of show the pipeline working well for them. So uh, with that, we can move on to our next topic, which is still about some of the eliminated teams. Um, which core of players, Hawk, that, you know, could be still playing right now, whether it's Disguise or EG or not, uh, do you want to see continue on and run it back in 2024 because we had we saw how FlyQuest did a similar uh, thing when they had Yuji and Spyrex and to an extent Philip although he's not with the team anymore uh stick around and play uh from 2022 into 2023 is there another group of players that you think uh would benefit from having that situation apply to them yeah so for me I definitely this is a really hard question to answer because there's a lot of teams that I would love to see play together, but I would hate to see them play together because it means they didn't get promoted. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. take GS DSG, for example. I think it would be a travesty if this core got ran back again, considering the performance that they've shown over, you know, Spring Split with the Cloud9 players and then now with Young and Meech. Like, someone's got to get promoted, right? Especially because I'm going to get a little bit, like, off the, the, the question here, but... My really cope take is I'm really hoping the split of LCS has shown that NA talent is worth investing in at the LCS level over, like, imports. It's one thing if you're going to import, like, Faker, but, like, come on, guys. Let's stop the Ruby imports. I thought we were going to stop it in 2018. It's still happening now, but I, I really hope that this split showed that, like, it's worth investing in the talent. By the way, not just so that you can be better, <laughs> which is part of it, but, like, Take TSM, for example. Everyone was shitting on this team at the beginning of the split. Then Insanity plays out of his mind. They bench Ruby for Insanity, like, halfway through the split after realizing the error of their ways. And people were rooting for TSM against Dig yesterday. And that was awesome to see. So, that's my soapbox really quick. But basically, a lot of these top teams, I do not want to see them playing together. My one, I'm going to say, I, I, I want to see the Cincinnati Fear roster keep playing together. I would be more surprised to see these players promoted just because a lot of them are newer. For example, Shochi, first split 
at the Challengers League level. Minwi first split at the Challengers League level, right? Uh, Perry has spent some time here. Um, but I, I think like this core stick together and really show some great performance moving into 2024. That's when the promotions would come for them and maybe they can continue chasing for that title. So that's going to be my answer. Um, I, I'm not sure where you're at, but <laughs> yeah, it's that core right down the middle, right? In Perry, Shoshi and Minwe, yeah. because they're the they were together for the whole year. Um, obviously Faisal has gone over to FlyQuest and, and performed pretty well with them over there. Uh, but at this point it's these three players who I think also came into either the end of 2022 or the start of 2023 with not a ton of expectations. You know, Perry, uh, only played on a couple of qualifier teams in the last year and, you know, had that run with Dig in the finals, but then, you know, we, we still weren't necessarily thinking of him as a really high level jungler, although that, um, you know, certainly has changed at this point. And Minwi was also somebody that we were definitely doubting on for a bit, um, but they have continued to grow in, in both, you know, what they can do as players, but also I think as teammates and, and their ability to be very flexible and, and working with them, each other. And, yeah, you know, they, they seem to enjoy being teammates with, uh, each other as well so i i think that is pretty much the easy answer i i want to i want to jump yeah. off on the fear point really quick one more i know we're talking a lot about them but i just feel like there's so much to talk about with this team i think also the fear organization and their coaching staff has also so clearly uh highlighted that they can really develop talent and develop these players so i would love to see them not just stick together but stick with this organization and continue to get better i think that would be seemingly really good for all parties involved um so yeah that that's just the fear point uh but but yeah other teams another team well maryville is the obvious one because i think a lot of those players are gonna, are gonna probably stick around in that organization for a little bit longer um i do enjoy watching uh i did enjoy watching aoe a lot this mm. year and i know it's a very new roster and of course as a big fan of the one that they had in spring with the sky tech and winnie who we had on the show shout out uh but i think will played really well as well as um you know just some of the other pieces on that team if i if we saw if we saw a core of that aoe team come back with will uh maybe with like links and breezy coming back dark wings uh wants to give it another go uh, I, i'd be very happy to see see that group kind of play a little bit more because they were another team that had a bit of a slower start and really ramped things up uh throughout the end of the season although they did Similarly, the Maryville fall a bit short in playoffs. Yeah, they they ended up having like a little bit of a disappointing split. I think I just you know I think they were really close to finding that that thing. But I'm definitely with you. I would love to see, particularly I think Links and Breezy looked like a great two v two, and they looked like they they played well together. So I'd love to see them stick together. And I think Darkwing's will uh, as well was like a solid duo. Two very strong players. Um. If concept comes back great, I would be I would be super excited to watch AOE play more next split. Otherwise, like a different top laner, I think would be fine as well. I I think AOE is a good shout as a team that can stick together. And again, I want to like point out the reason why we're not talking about teams like Team Liquid, EG, DSG, and Fly is because we want these players in the LCS next year, particularly I think TL, Fly, and DSG who have these younger players that we would love to see get their first. Yeah, shot. it it seems like there's no way to try and. Like, I don't want to see them play together. together. I would be incredibly yeah. annoyed if these cores stayed together the next split. I'd be very upset. <laughs> I will tweet about it if that happens. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. And hopefully we get some some new developmental pieces coming in because of the promotions that ended up happening, which would be very cool. Before I move on to the qualifiers for this uh, mega headlines portion, uh, let's talk about some of the content that happened in the NACL space. We're going to give out a little award here in this episode which nacl team hawk had the best content in 2023 dude the first of all shout out to the nacl teams i feel like we did see more content out of tier two organizations themselves this year than we saw in previous i i could be wrong about that but i feel like the organizations themselves actually did a good job of producing some content obviously the broadcast knocked it out of the park as well shout out to our friends there but um we're talking about the teams the teams that did the best content so just to give a bit of an overview, Supernova, they were doing mic checks all split. Those were cool. DSG, you know, every year there's got to be one team that does, like, the minimalist branding, the low-budget branding. That was DSG. Um, Fear had some content coming out, particularly late split, when their players were in person together. Um, Maryville does content, but it seems like probably not as much over the summer when they're not, you know, they don't have everyone on campus during school, which makes sense. 
Um, Grapes, I think my answer... Oh, I don't even know, actually. I... I really yeah, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you go first cuz I have some thoughts but I'm kind of curious. All right. Well, for me I feel like it's a pretty easy answer and and maybe it's bad that we talk about them every single topic so far. Uh but it, it is fair for me. Yeah. I think that they uh you know, shout out to to One Life to Play who hosted them at their facility in cleveland for like the playoffs and they got their boot camp underway um and they were running mic checks and things all year used the the perry pentaclip with uh everyone just screaming at the top of their lungs the voice comms just like still lives in the back of my mind um they yeah they 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 brought on some cool people to to work on content and it definitely worked pretty well for them so i um am happy with how fear has embraced the nacl as their main league because you know, some of the other teams like uh, like Wildcard or not not Wild like uh, TL or Fly, like they have to focus on the LCS team. But for Fear, their League of Legends team is in the NACL, and they're definitely making content around it. So I I want to give them I want to give them some love. Yeah, you're right. That pro- that that was where I was leaning. Um, I I was like thinking like I the, I do want to give a shout to Supernova just because Supernova was very consistent with their content. But it I I do think Fear has that little bit of an edge just because especially like the later split stuff that they were putting out was like, they were just clearly having fun and I'm with you. I think fear branded themselves really well. And you know what? We have talked about them every topic, but grapes, we spent the first episode of salty Runback saying how we thought this team was never going to amount to anything. Now we can, you know, give them the praise that they deserve after. I mean, it's, it may be over, but a very successful 2023 for them. So yeah. I'm willing to give them that credit. Top- yeah. And the cop out answer is the the broadcast because the NACL broadcast yes. kills it. Well, year the, 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 after year. yeah, I mean the broadcast, the NACL broadcast was was fucking yeah. lit. Of Death course, Rex on the music, Cubby with the the talent updates, got Kangas like running the, all the operations behind the scenes. Right. Which maybe Ka- Kangas is just doing knows. like whatever the fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. So so Kangas actually just like helps with everything. He just like is the content wizard amongst the whole squad. So I, I want to definitely shout out Kangas. He's over in uh, Japan right now casting True. Yu-Gi-Oh, which Yu-Gi-Oh. is crazy. So um, yeah, that that's uh, the, the cop-out answer. And, and you know, they, they, they do make some fire content. Well, some of them, I was, some of which I was a part of. Not going not gonna to flex. Well, give, are, you, are you saying that uh, Kangas is the grapes of uh, NACL? He runs around and does all the content for everything? Eh, something, eh, something like that. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to give myself too much credit. But, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think I think Fear can get the award for teams. NSL broadcast. Uh, I mean, it, it was very entertaining. You know, people talked a lot about viewership for NACL, which was problematic in its own ways, as has been discussed many times. However, um, it is good that they're getting. Like they're getting the they they should get the credit that they deserve and and the viewership yeah. has been good this split especially with teams like DSG and I think the NACL broadcast team does deserve a lot of credit for making it very entertaining so I'm hoping that we get more of that in the future well we'll see what developmental League of Legends looks like in 2024 uh, we don't have to open that can of worms just yet but shout out to all the teams doing their best to keep the scene entertaining it's been a lot of fun to watch this yeah. year uh, we can move on to the qualifiers where. Uh, speaking of craziness, uh, a lot of things happened over the last weeks uh, in regards to the teams and everything that happened. And it wasn't on the rift. Unfortunately, there were a ton of competitive bans issued out between our last recording of the episode and this one. Um, the two notable instances were cold hearted as a whole team were fully eliminated and disqualified from competition because they had a player um, that was comp banned playing on an alternate account, uh, which obviously is a terrible thing, and we do not approve of that. We also had a bunch of players um, be tagged for, uh, you know, just behavior checks, which uh, we could get into a little bit later. But some of the, the notable ones that have been announced were Sajet from Lit Esports, Duo King, and Ninim, uh, and Dunn from Team Eterner, among a couple of other ones that I think will be announced as the games actually uh, start up. Uh, you know, on Saturday and Sunday, but Hawk, what the hell just happened to the scene? We just got Thanos snapped, dude. It's so weird. I, this is like such a can of worms, but yeah, like, like a lot of stuff happened. Um, and the qualifier landscape has sort of drastically changed. But honestly, the the what's up with the comp bands question is like that's really the question I have as well because. 
like there are definitely I'm not saying like comp bans weren't deserved or anything like that. Some of them were deserved. <laughs> Some of the comp bans were sure. deserved. But yeah. I don't understand why this isn't like a preseason, pre-split, pre-tournament check that happens every time like the teams apply into the open qualifier. Why aren't we comp banning people then and making the changes then? Why halfway through the second tournament of summer, when these players have been playing all split, are we suddenly making these changes? I, and it's not even that I feel bad for the players, right? Because they probably deserved it. They probably did something to get comp banned, right? Usually takes these things pretty seriously. Like, I don't understand why... Like, their teammates are paying the price for this. And their teams. And I, it's just... I don't know, Grapes. It was really weird timing. And we really... I mean, like, some of these teams, we have no idea what to expect from them. So... I guess I'll say, like, good on Riot for comp banning some players that deserve to be comp banned a long time ago. But why didn't it happen a long time ago? Why is it happening now? Yeah, the timing thing is the biggest thing for me. Because, let's be honest here, Hawk. You saw the Team Eterna roster get announced. And you're, there's, like, there's no way that this is, like, like what, why does this team exist? <laughs> and yep. uh, there's a, now, it's true. Half the players are gone. And, uh, yep, it's just... Yeah, I, I don't know. I the fact that it just messes with a lot of what the landscape of the space is going to look like for the rest of the tournament. Halfway through the tournament, I should say, uh, definitely is really unfortunate for everybody involved because those spots that were taken away. Not only are those like, you know, spots that could be filled in by other players, but even teams as a whole that like barely missed out. I'm sure they're pretty upset looking at the the situation above them and think and and saying like wow i wish i i wish like this was dealt with earlier so i could hop in and you know as a member of the official broadcast for the qualifiers we we haven't been given too much information about the whole ordeal um but you know we we do i do want to credit rally cry slash riot or whoever for eventually figuring this out i just wish it was done a little bit sooner yeah um, i'm I, I really feel like that's just the conversation here. Like, I feel bad for teams like Lit, for example, that now all of a sudden don't, they have to change their AD carry. Now, they got Rock Boom. They're probably going to be fine. But, like, it, they it's did just... They get Rock Boom. They did, yeah. But, like, it's just a, a really... Guy. It's just a weird situation. These players, especially, like, you mentioned Timmy Turner, like, these players should have just been banned at the start of the year. I don't know why this is happening now. And I don't know if, like, playing in NACL protected some of these players as well. Like, maybe that's a can of worms that I don't want to open right now. But I, yeah. I just don't understand why it happened now. It should have happened ages ago if it was going to happen at all. Or, like, I don't know. Better late than never, but, like, it, it just – it's so weird. It's so weird. And maybe we'll get a little bit of clarity as the, the split progresses. Um, but, yeah, just – having it all happen in the middle like there's no way all nine of those players randomly just decided to to drop incredibly toxic chat logs like in the last six days right and that is why this has happened right you know what i mean like it definitely has been a problem for a while if it is a problem at all and i don't want to like throw throw assumptions around because i don't know too many of these players super personally or anything like that um but yeah that yeah is kind of where i stand on things it i'm just a little frustrated because I was excited with like where we were at in the space and where we were in going into this week of, of games. And now things look pretty different. And, and that's exactly the thing. The, the last thing I'll say on this is just like, you know, some of these players, like I, I don't know the situation with all the players that were comp but some of them are known toxic people. <laughs> so like, like you said, it's not like they did something in the last two weeks that made it. So they got banned it's been a problem. People have known it's a problem. Riot only now decided to act. It feels weird that they only now decided to act, but it's the reality that we live in. So now we got now we got to recover because, like we've said, I mean, lots of changes in NACL qualifiers. Some of these teams that have already qualified for top eight are not the same. <laughs> so, and we still have games going on. Uh... I guess starting today, this episode is being released. I'm pretty sure this is coming out on Saturday. Uh, so let's talk about some of those games that are indeed happening. The lower bracket qualifiers into the quarterfinals uh, will be taking place this Saturday. 
And three of the four games are rematches of the first rounds of Swiss. We have Team Ambition versus, uh, not Swiss, of the, of the group stage. We have Team Ambition versus Teamless Revenge, Winthrop University versus CB Gaming, and CCG versus Apex Mission Impossible. In all three of those series, the lower seed ended up upsetting. But, of course, these teams are still strong at the top as we head into this weekend. Hawk, which one of these uh, series do you think has the best chance uh, of that upset repeating itself? I definitely think it is CCG, AMI. Uh, CCG, so first of all, all these teams actually upset 2-0, which is crazy. So I guess that's not that impressive, but AMI, 2-0 CCG, and CCG is only here because Cold Hearted, as we previously mentioned, had to FF the entire tournament. CCG has not won a game since Swiss stage. That was weeks ago. So I'm not too inspired by this team's odds, and Apex Mission Impossible has actually looked pretty good, I'll say as well. So I, I think that is really the most obvious one, Grapes. I, I feel like I still believe in Winthrop and Team Ambition. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> it is really interesting that Apex, like that roster, now that what they have, it's very similar to what Miracle looked like in um, the spring split, where they had Hyfe, Ariandel, and Pacus. Uh, now they have yeah. Baz and, and uh, Decoy coming in instead of Last Dance and Barrick, who I thought, you know, maybe weren't as strong of players, but this team really has gelled together pretty well, I would say. Um, they made top eight in the spring split in, in the first qualifier, I should say. And of course, 2 0 CCG here in number two. I think that this is not really a like upset if AMI win at this point, because we haven't seen enough from CCG to say that it is. Yes, CCG has been. They have not been what we expected. I know we thought that Hyper coming in would be a huge game changer for them, it just has not been. And, uh, I mean, Lunar, Rain, Shockey, good players in their own right, but we've definitely seen a struggle for one of them to step up and be this big carry against an Apex Mission Impossible team where players like Baz have actually looked really good. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm really... I think this is more so that I'm not sold on CCG. Uh, AMI, like I said, has also looked pretty good. Um, Winthrop and Team Ambition, obviously they've got to prove it. Getting 2-0 was bad, but Team Ambition in particular, they're playing with Hoarder. Porsche's now back, as far as I know. I think yep. they'll be perfectly fine. Um, and that just leaves Winthrop against CB, who I will give CB a lot of credit. They have a great team, but they did just lose their AD carry. Um, and yep. I think Winthrop should be able to get it done. That is true. And, and the thing is now, as well, that the series that CB Gaming, we did win, it was Cold Throw coming in. K2, although he's been hyped up pretty repeatedly, did not, you know, have the greatest series again. Grapes, this last just wait till week. we so we'll get see. a Colthrow AD carry gameplay. Oh man, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. I, 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 there's no way I put my money in Winthrop if, in CB game if that happens. But that would be um, that would be funny though. <laughs> I am still high on Pockets and in Mixture, or not Pockets, on Klexo and Mixture and, and the rest of CB. So we'll see how well they do against Winthrop. But um, yeah, I think CCG for AMI is definitely the one that I have my eyes on. And hey, AMI making their second straight top eight, if that if that does happen. And so I'll say good for them. Yeah, it would be great. I mean, considering that I think we pretty permanently had AMI as like one of those eight through... Um, 16 kind of teams and not towards eight so it would be amazing for them if they got two straight top eights and i mean beating some pretty good teams in the process like like ccg is still a pretty good team and i definitely think they're not necessarily the favorites anymore but they're still good and so ami taking them down would be great for this squad yeah and you know if you if they make it into the quarterfinals they could be playing against some of our top four teams now if we take a look at our next topic uh, we can we can preface this by looking at what the qualification point system looks like uh, going into the promotion tournament because at this point the top four seeds in Mirage Alliance, Team Ambition, um, Winthrop University, and Lit all have enough qualification points that they would qualify unless a new team wins the whole tournament through the Cinderella rule. Now I think that that opportunity has kind of faded a little bit especially with some of the substitutions and, and comp band situations that have had happened i know that timmy timmy turner was a team that i had that like could make a run if they were all playing on all cylinders and obviously that team has kind of been gutted and so even though they have the cold hearted bot lane now and yozu and coop in cupic i'm a little bit less certain about them maybe winning the whole thing so it's looking like it is those top four teams going into the promotion tournament 
Do we think that these four teams are the strongest, or is there another team that you think could make that run or you wish could have made that run? Yeah. I, I to, to short answer this question, yes, I think this is still the top four. But a lot has happened to get here. I mean, again, they, like, all lost in the first week of group stage. They, like, what the hell happened? We have a whole wave of comp bans. Uh, Lit somehow makes it through the group as the number one seed, even though they lost to Cold Hearted. Like, they lose their AD carry after losing their support. Like, it's just been a really weird cascade of events in the qualifiers. So, after all these shakeups, we wanted to ask the question, are they still a top four? And I just really think they are. For exactly the reason that you said, is even though teams like Lit have been affected by the comp bans, I think Lit is going to be perfectly fine. They've got Rock Boom at AD carry. Teamy Turner, they are completely decimated at this point. Um, Team Ambition has Porsche back. Uh... And even though we're talking about, like, AMI potentially being able to make it through the, the quarterfinals, whatever, Gentle Hearts is still knocking around if they can take down middle sticks. Gentle Hearts just got 2-0 by Mirage Alliance. Mirage Alliance, I think, quelled any doubts that they're still one of the best teams here. Like, I, I just don't feel yeah. like anyone's going to be able to rise up, despite how rocky of a tournament it has been for these top four. And I, I do think, at the end of the day, we're going to see a quarterfinals of, uh, or a semifinals, rather, of Mirage Alliance. Team Ambition, Winthrop University, and Lit, unless they're playing each other in the quarters, which they could. So There is one caveat I want to throw in here really quickly. I think Coachify has been playing pretty well. Now, they're, <laughs> they've been a bit questionable throughout the tournament, but I think the main culprit of some of those struggles was LJX in the jungle, which, you know, both things that I think we would not want to see on like a super successful team. And what LJX and Frost him jungling? Is that what? You... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Frost Forest coming in. We have Toasty also in. Robex is back to support, which I think is a big W. Yeah. And City Witty still playing really well um, in the bottom lane. Lawrence has been a bit on and off. Sometimes he has these crazy games. He had a crazy Jax game uh, in game one that they had, uh, but you know struggled a little bit in other games. I think if Coachify is firing on all cylinders, they could be better than one of the other top four teams here. However, I don't think they're good enough to beat Mirage Alliance. And so for that reason, I don't think it's very likely that they make it into the promotion tournament. But if they can continue their performance like in the quarterfinals and if we go next week in semis and things like that, it could be worth having a discussion about, hey, was this team actually a little bit more deserving of making it in? Yeah, that is a good point. You're you're right that Coach Vice played well. They, they took down a pretty strong uh, Grandpa Gamers team. They did dodge Team Ambition entirely in the group stage. So that's like my one thing. They have not played one of these top four. But you are right. With the roster changes, it's a pretty competitive squad. Um, if they could, If they took one down in quarters, I don't know who they would be playing. I'm, I'm sure there's like a matchup list somewhere i don't but, have it up right now yeah. but yeah one of the top they'll be playing against one of those top teams in the lower bracket right probably. like depending on who they would end up playing this team could maybe do some damage so i'll give them that credit but i, I i'm with you i don't think they win the whole thing and that's that's really the catch and and i guess in that sense um you know may, it would suck because if they did take down one of the top four and then the not make the promotion It'd be a really tough situation just because, I mean, it could be argued that they are one of the top four, but they don't have the points. But yeah. And for that argument, you'd have to say, should have, you should have made it out of groups because in the first qualifier, they just, they didn't make it out of group stage. It's a pretty and strong argument. <laughs> we, we have these conversations of, oh, should a second qualifier matter a little bit more? I think maybe a little bit more, but if you miss the groups in one of the tournaments and then like, are you know, and then you go on like a, like, you know, that, that's where maybe a line can be drawn. Like, if they made the quarterfinals, I think they'd actually still be in the conversation if they made finals uh, over somebody like Lit, depending on how they ended up performing. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And we'll see how it goes. But I, I think Coachify could be okay. And I think the, the person, the team that they would um, maybe, like, kind of usurp would be Lit. But honestly, I think Rockboom coming in, like, this team is just as good, if not maybe a little bit better. It might maybe be we're better. really yeah. high on Rockboom. But I think, you know, Sajid has had... Really strong team fighting moments, but in laning phase, not as strong. And I think Rockman may be a little more of a well-rounded player. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll keep our eyes on Team Coach Avai. But, I mean, look, Win Winthrop and uh, and um, TA still need to make it through the group stage. Yes, they will still qualify for promotion, but they have got to show that they are not uh, 
going to be a joke team in, in the uh, promotion relegation. I think that's a big thing. They've got to prove that they do still belong in that top four, even if they are still there. So that's really what I've got my eyes on as we move forward. Yeah, all right. Uh, I'm excited to watch this qualifier matches. I won't be on any of the streams, so it should be a good time. Uh, as we can move on to our last couple of topics as our, in our mega headline episode, um, because there's some other news that's been circulating around. And uh, we just saw uh, Fear hang out in Cleveland uh, for their NACL playoff boot camp. We also just saw DSG move in with Cloud9 for the weekend, which I think is a really cool thing as LA as their LA journey has begun. Hawk, if you had to boot camp as an NACL team in one of the LCS team facilities, which one of them would you want to go to? Oh, man. This doesn't answer the question at all, but I think Cloud9 was missing their uh, Challengers roster when they invited DSG back <laughs> to, to the boot camp. Calling, hitting up their ex. Yeah, like, they were hey. like, hey, you guys are actually pretty good. You want to come hang out? Thanks. Like, ja Jack's figuring out which one he can sign for next, uh, next split. Yeah. No, but... Um, I mean, I don't even know. Which one would I want to boot camp with? Oh, excuse me. I mean, oh, that's a big yawn. I would probably want to boot camp with Cloud9, to be honest with you. They are a team that has been pretty well known for developing talent over the years, even though they did get rid of their Challengers roster. And uh, they're pretty damn good at League of Legends. We've heard about teams scrimming Cloud9 and talking about how good they are. And, I mean, at least right now, I think they're still the favorites to go to Worlds and represent North America. So I would be... Uh, I would go to Cloud9. Yeah, I think that uh, my answer would probably be TL. That is, oh. unless they, you know, wouldn't want us because they have another Challengers team there. Uh, but you see those interviews that they do, like in the post game. They have their like, own little like interview room. The facility looks nice every time you like watch an episode of Squad. I think that that that, that from from the outside looking in, the Alienware training facility just I'd be I I want to. Go scream over there and hang out. With the, with I, TL is there. definitely like the definitely the other answer here for sure. Like this is a team yeah. they 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 know what they're doing over there. I, I would say. I just feel like Cloud 9s kind of cool because they're a team that still does like the gamer house thing, right? Like no one else really does that. Yeah. So that's like very unique, you know. Yeah, and you know there was a whole conversation about like, oh man, like first Jack dumps the Cloud Nine and the, the Challenger team, and now they're bringing them back. Um, and you know. That's valid criticism, and I think we can definitely um, talk about that a little bit. But um, you know, it's still it's still uh, an org that has done a lot for developmental. And I know actually as well, Fake God was still staying at the Cloud9 house to practice and to scrim, or and, and to play some of their games, um, even though uh, you know Cloud9 didn't uh, have him under contract anymore. So we can definitely issue our criticisms, but. Cloud9 also has done some okay things, so it's it's good to credit them in situations like that as well. And you know, even though they didn't, you know, keep their challengers roster, at least they're doing a little bit back yeah. to, to maybe right the ship. But. Great grapes. In regards to your Team Liquid answer, though, I I I will say one thing that is cool about if you go to Team Liquid, you would get to hang out with Spawn, who I have heard is a very fun person to hang out with. I have not personally talked to Spawn, but I've been told by multiple people. That he's very cool. So you would get to chill with him. So that is like a little bit of a thing in favor of TL for you. <laughs> Just go and party with Spawn. Go and party with I Spawn. So. Uh, Again, that was actually my third I, reason. I yeah. have heard that Spawn is a very fun individual. So. <laughs> Spawn, if you're watching this, okay. you can confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap up this episode, which has been a pretty fun one, going all over the place, you know, sometimes it's nice to just sit back, not have a super creative, you know, topic or anything like that. We just talk about talk about League of Legends. That's what we're here to do. Um, and speaking of League of Legends, one of the newest game modes that has come out and it's been all the rage in, uh, you know, the space is Arena, the two v two v two v two game mode, which I know. Um, Hawk, we still need to get our duos in, but we yeah. have both played it a little bit. It's been it's been pretty fun. Um, which NACL or, or NACLQ to uh, duo would be the best at Arena, in your opinion? Okay, this might be a hot take, but, like, you hear the legends about how these guys have terrorized Solar Q together for years. Niles and Odd Orange, baby. That's yep. my duo for Arena right there. They can pick, like, Renekton, Lee Sin, and then just shit on everybody. That's <laughs> That's the move. Man, that's that's a good one. I was yeah. really, I was hoping you didn't pick that one. I mean, because look, because I feel like they, the the other answers are the players that we've talked about like ten times this episode. Like you could go like Shochi Perry, but like I mean, we've talked about no, so you're right. much. They played together for the longest, and 
Yeah, they they they're known for being a duo. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, let's see. If I had to pick another one now, you could the, the there's a couple strategies here, right? You could try to pick like the best players as a whole, in which case mm -hmm. maybe you could do something like like me or an APA, um, or maybe you could do like uh like a like a Masu Yuji combo if you're just trying to get like the highest skill. But let's see. If we're looking for synergy, Ooh. I will say um. There was a bit, a segment on the on the NACL broadcast where they actually did run some two v twos, and the champion of that uh, video that they ended up doing was Keelan Zamudo over on. Wild uh, okay, Park. I was and about to know, say. Go ahead. Yeah, those guys like to pick some random shit, and so I would they they they'd come up with the the craziest tech, like like Belveth and and like something else, like just right. I don't know, like that. That duo, I think, would be a good one. That that's so funny that you say that because as you were thinking there, I thought I was like, I would, I don't know who I'd put with him. Kiel is a perfectly logical choice, but I was like, I think Zamudo would be insane at arena because he would cook some heinous shit. I also could be wrong, <laughs> but I think that Zamudo is like top five on the arena ladder right now. So he would just really? play some. I I think so. I could be wrong. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm just completely wrong. He might have been at one point. Anyway. I feel like Zamudo would just be like really insane at arena and, and kill with him is perfectly logical. So yeah, I, I can get on board with that one. All right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I think that that, that duo would, would be a fun one to watch. Maybe <laughs> it would be fun. Uh, That's for, for sure. Finals, they, they can run some arena like in, in the, in the halftime shows or something like that. Just like have a game. We be need, I feel like that would be really fun. We need arena custom games, man. Like, for the Salty right, Runback Invitational, really screw Summoner's Rift. We get the players just in Arena 2v2s, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, is Arena even a full game mode? I thought no, it's, it's like going to go away after a while. It, Riot has, like, said, like, oh, we might, like, make it permanent if people like it, which, I mean, I, I would hope is the case. I, I think, think people like it at this point. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they're just trying to not, like, commit <laughs> right now, but it seems like it's heading that direction, but we can only hope. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Salty Runback. We got through all 10 of our headlines in under an hour, so uh, nice job to us there. Remember that we will have our our mega part two, mega LC NACL finals preview to wrap up the, the 2023 season in just next week, probably in a couple days, actually, because release, we're releasing this episode a little bit later on in the cycle. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for that and super excited for the matches that will be ending up uh, on our screens in a couple days, Hawk. Oh, yeah. We've got some really good stuff coming up. Like, NACL qualifiers, still pretty exciting, even though we think there's a top four, just because a lot of shit hit the fan. And finals next week, so big, we're even going to have our very first part three for it. So uh, stay tuned for sure. That should be releasing on Wednesday, time TBD. We're still getting everything put together, but we're really hoping to have a good episode for all of you. And um, go to the finals if you're in Los Angeles. Make sure you tune in to uh nacl qualifiers this weekend on the rally cry streams as well um you know watch cb little english if you're really cool we like that it's at the same time as qualifiers get your twitch multis up and um i think that'll do it for this week we have we are really getting down the stretch here only a couple weeks remaining for all of our big leagues and then we've got lcs finals two weeks away now and it's going to be super freaking fun. We're going to have some in-person content. Say hi to us if you're around. And hey, if you think that uh, Zamudo and Kiel would be terrible at Arena because they'd cook too hard, you can take what we said with a grain of salt. We'll see you all next week for the finals. I've been Hawk. That's been Graves. Have a good night.